Hi, and welcome to the Orion Podcast with Jessa and Laurel. In today's episode, we connect with Laura at Balanced Bombshells to talk all things cycle syncing. Each of us are on our own wellness journey with individual needs based on our bodies and minds. So a one-size-fits-all work style will leave many companies approaching burnout, staff turnover, or less than optimal performance. We all share our different experiences with cycle syncing in hopes it improves your life balance. Enjoy. Hey, Laurel. Hey, Jessa. Who is our guest today? We have Laura Sherell with Balanced Bombshells, a women's health coach. And um, I'm really excited to have you. We were connected to you randomly. I was investigating what cycle syncing is. Um, and I, I believe that I just researched cycle syncing San Diego specifically. And your website, Balance Bombshells, came up, obviously saw you had an Instagram account, went to your Instagram account, and it turns out that you're connected to one of our friends and Orion guest, Sensi Graves. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, if she's connected to Sensi, then we're good. And I have just really enjoyed getting to know you and your business and exploring it. So thank you for taking the time to show up today. Yeah, of course. I'm so excited to talk with you guys and then having the Sensi connection. She was a guest of a women's health summit that I did in 2020, right before COVID hit. And it was a virtual event. And it just happened to, I mean, what a random time of events too. So Sensi was just, oh, I just love female empowerment and like her message and what she's bringing to the world as well as an entrepreneur. So I'm really glad we had that connection. Yeah, we loved talking to her about entrepreneurship and her dreams and her visions and how, as a woman, of course, we've got all these fears that come in our way and how you overcome those fears is empowering in itself. And then it sort of just expands after that. And of course it never goes away, but it's something that we work on. And obviously Justin and I are females. We are interested in women's health. Um, how did you get started in women's health and how did you get introduced to this thing called cycle syncing? I feel like it found me, honestly. I worked in professional fundraising after college. So I moved to New York City, um, very ambitious in my career, um, was moving up very quickly, probably more than I could physically, emotionally handle. Um, so my day-to-day job was very stressful. And I just constantly seemed to operate in a state of burnout. And I didn't fully understand, even though I was eating well, I would exercise, you know, I would take time to take care of myself, but nothing really clicked. And I didn't really understand how to essentially balance all areas of my life um, to a certain extent. Um, So I ended up quitting my job in New York City because I was so burnt out by 25. And I had like the quarter life crisis where I was like, I just can't do this anymore. I moved sight unseen to San Francisco in California, and I had never been there before, but there's just something in my heart that was like, you just need to be here. And I used to plan um, really large galas, which are fundraising events that um, produce you know, a lot of money for an, a charity. And I told myself when I was leaving New York that I would never again host another event. And then in, in, Cal- in California, I found myself in a job where I was managing them. So I was like, okay, clearly the universe is trying to tell me something. There's a lesson here that I haven't learned. And I just, each passing year, I ended up being in that job for five years. 
And each passing year during event season, I found myself operating in the same state of burnout and things were just getting worse. And I started noticing that there was a direct correlation between how I felt before my period that seemed to interact with how I would perform at work. So at work, I was always calm, cool, collected, like you would never know. But internally, I felt very chaotic. I would go home and I would just cry like on the train because I was so burnt out and I was so tired only to have to get up again the next day and do it again. And I just didn't truly understand how to support my body best, even though I felt like I was doing a good job of it, like something wasn't clicking. Um, So on the train, I would read, I had about an hour commute each way from my like entire career when I was working in corporate. And I would just read health books. Um, I'm that person that would just digest a book a week. Um, I read everything from like gut health to Um, vegan diets, vegetarian diets. I found out I had a gluten and dairy sensitivity when I was 25. So I was just like very conscious of like food and how things made me feel. Um, So I was just slowly kind of making transitional habits. And then um, in my later 20s, I kept kind of stumbling upon hormones, but I kept thinking that they didn't apply to me because I'm like, what I know about hormones are I don't have to worry about it if I can't get pregnant or postpartum depression or menopause. Like that's what I thought hormones were. Yeah. I would say I thought hormones were just this bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Negative. Yeah. Negative thing. Yeah. Same thing. Same association. I was taught to fear it and think that they were bad. So when my then boyfriend and I moved in together, he's now my husband. So at least that story has a positive ending. Um, we moved in together and I realized I couldn't hide my mood swings, um, that I would have the week before my period. And I just, I would come home and I, we had a really rocky six months of living together as I was trying to figure out, is it just cause I'm living with someone now? Like, do you feel obligated to talk to them when you come home from work? Like I was, even my communication I was understanding was just not who I wanted to be. And I was giving my best at work and I was coming home and I wasn't being my best self. And I just kept thinking of my future self where I was like, if I want to be a wife and a mother, like if I can't even, I'm like getting emotional thinking about it. If I can't even take care of myself now, how the heck am I going to be able to welcome a child into the world? And then if you want two children, like just the magnitude of the weight of what that looked like. And I just knew if I don't figure out my health, I'm going to be one of those women that chooses to become a stay-at-home mom and opt out of working in the corporate world or the working world because I physically and emotionally can't handle doing it all. And I just thought that's not the example I actually want to set for my children. Like I worked really hard for my college degree. I worked really hard in my career and I was like, I don't want to give that up. I want to find a way that I can seek more balance. And I actually always dreamed of being an entrepreneur. I went to college to get a business degree because I was like, I know that I want to start something and I know it has to do with something for women. I just don't know what that is yet. Um, so my, hus- my now husband and I sat down one night and I, I had to take accountability for my own actions, I think, for it to really change. And I told him like, you know, I'm feeling really depressed before my period. And once my period starts, I feel fine. And I was like, I understand that I'm coming at you in a, in a negative tone. I'm being more blunt in our communication. I'm getting over it quickly, but then obviously you're not. So it's just kept monthly causing this friction between us. And, and then I, I, I will say Laura, that, um, I was kind of raised that that just is what it is. So mm-hmm. the, the week before your period, it's, yeah. it's very normal 
to be emotional, to be cranky, irritable, to be in pain, to be, to, to feel chaotic and a little bit out of control. And it's just normal. Just accept that it's PMS, deal with it, go to work. Don't let on. Right. Shove it under the rug. Like I was taught kind of the same thing that it was normal. Um, I learned later I had PMDD, which is um, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is a more intense version of PMS. So some women might feel bloated. They might feel a little bit more irritable before their period, but it doesn't really impact their life. They can still kind of get to their day to day. PMDD is when it's like greatly impacting your life and you actually feel very depressed before your period. So I sat Tyler down and I was like, something is wrong, but I know I'm not depressed. So I was like, I feel like happy, sunshiny Laura for most of the month. And I can just kind of tell there's a correlation before my period. And I was like, I just don't feel like my best self. I don't want to go to the doctor because I know if I do, they're going to push antidepressants. And I'm like, I don't need them. Um, I'm also really into gut health and like they're these medications can really screw up the low lining of our stomach. So I was just like, I just don't, I think something else is it. I just don't know what it is yet. So I was like, this is me committing to you to figure it out, not only for myself, but for us and our future life together. So the next day, I don't know if you guys have ever read stuff from Gabrielle Bernstein. She's more of a spiritual leader. Oh, you're speaking her language. I'm obsessed with Gabby B. So I had like read some of her books a few years prior to this. And I went to the library the next day and I had like a full on Gabrielle Bernstein moment from when she found the book May Cause Miracles, not May Cause Miracles. What is the book that she teaches? Course on Miracles. Course on Miracles. So she had said she had gone to a bookstore and the book like jumped out at her. And then she read the book and is now like a spiritual leader and teaches this stuff to the masses. So I went into the library and I was like, I wasn't even thinking about Gabrielle Bernstein. It was just like, I went in and I was like, please just send me to the section that I need to figure out what's going on. And I ended up in the women's health section. And this, I kept seeing all these books on hormones and I like couldn't shake it. Even though my, in the back of my mind was like, this doesn't apply to you. This isn't you. I checked out all these books anyway. And from what I was reading, cycle thinking is a very, um, it has been around for like thousands of years, but people haven't really talked about it. It's only like in the past few years become mainstream. And five years ago when I was learning this, um, no one was really talking about it. So I found it fascinating. And I checked out all these books and I ended up consuming them very quickly and started kind of just making implement, like started practicing, started understanding the cycle more, started understanding that I might look, feel, act differently each week of the month, um, just kind of practicing with it. And then I started getting, as I started noticing that I was feeling better, I kept finding the note in each of the books that were written by physicians that women in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, how they feel hormonally, whether they're going through menopause or postpartum or whatever they're feeling, is dictated by how they treat their bodies in their teens, 20s, and 30s. And I was pissed because I was like, why are we not talked to about this? Why are we told that hormones are something that we need to fear instead of embrace and understand? Why are we told that PMS is normal, like common doesn't mean normal. So like that really stuck with me. Well, I'm like, oh, okay, if all of these things that I'm feeling are not actually normal, this is my body talking to me and I've got some work to do. Um, so I really showed up and like, it was the biggest personal development project I've ever done. And at the same time, I was moving forward to be create like a health coaching company for women. And I just kept thinking, what's going to make you different? 
what, you know what I mean? Like, do you just want to talk about food? Do you want to talk about fitness? Like, who are you for? And I just kept having that mental block of like, well, who are you to teach this stuff? And then in the back of my mind, when I go on my walks, because those are, that's like my church. That's my very spiritual connection just to myself and the energy or in the world around me. And I just kept thinking, who are you not to do this? Aren't you the perfect person? Because you are a young woman. You're not a doctor. You've been through it. You found a way to simplify it and actually make it like more easy to understand versus these books that I truly would sometimes throw against the wall because they just talk so over our head. And I'm like, just tell me what I need to do instead of like all this jargon that I don't actually need. And that was the beginning of Balanced Bombshells. And I just felt very pushed, even though I I feel like I rejected it for a lot of years. Um, (laughs) I like that because I like that you said you were pissed. And I I just want to go back to that because I, the moment for me was reading the In the Flow book, which feels like um, a very large textbook. And I'm, I'm a big fan of textbooks. And when I started recalling how I was taught about nutrition and health, it was mostly I was raised Catholic and I went to private Catholic school. And so we focused a lot on um, nutrition because we were big, we, we loved sports. So we were focused on how many calories to eat, mm-hmm. what kind of things to eat, and lots and lots and lots of exercise, like two a days. Right. Morning, yeah, morning uh, workout, go to school all day, afternoon yeah. workout. I would do varsity soccer and ride my horses and play basketball and right. just constant right. exercise. At a huge hormonal peak in your life, like teenage yeah. years, like it, it's actually, that's such a big swing in our hormones besides pregnancy, postpartum, we won't go through that big of a swing until like menopause. Well, and that's I, what, what I think struck the biggest chord with me and why I was kind of pissed is that I could have been a better athlete mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm hyper competitive. So yeah. like I could have been a better athlete the if I was yeah. taught that. That, that periods and hormones weren't just about sex and intercourse because when you come from a Catholic yeah. upbringing, they teach abstinence. And right. so you don't, you just don't learn about it at all. And when we're in biology class and we're like, like you're right. and like talking about that, it's like <laughs> so uncomfortable. Um, but just that's truly not an education. It's the fear. I feel like it taught us to fear it or think that something is wrong or shameful. And I just kept thinking like, as women were given so many messages all day, every day of how we aren't good enough or we're not doing something enough or, you know, and even some of the books I read, I felt like they were talking to me as if like, why haven't you figured this out yet? And I'm like, Okay. Like even just, even some of the people that I admire who teach this stuff, I didn't resonate. I honestly didn't resonate. Cause I just thought, Oh, other people are out there teaching this. I don't need to. And I just kept thinking, I'm just not liking their approach. And I think that there are women out there like me who just want to feel really good about being a woman and certainly have that com- competitive edge. And how can I perform better? I wanted, I started it because I wanted to improve my relationship and I wanted to do better at work. And so many women, like I've, taught like endurance, endurance athletes who think that they need to work out all the time. I absolutely overexercised and thought that's how I can perform well. That's how I'm supposed to de-stress without realizing, oh, this is actually a huge stressor on my body. And I didn't understand. I truly didn't understand what balance was or felt like, but in order to find that I needed to know what burnout was. <laughs> so I, I blessed my path of burnout because I'll never go back to that state. But 
yeah, I think women need to get irritated that we're not taught this stuff. And, you know, we do need to seek it out. We need to be motivated in our own self to want to learn and do better. And it was a very humbling moment where I was, you know, telling Tyler something's wrong and I'm going to figure it out. And, you know, we just had our first, we we got married two years ago. We just had our first baby five months ago. And I just am so grateful for the journey because I have been able to become a balanced mom where I can still work and do what I love to do and still be there for my child and be there for my husband, where if that came years ago, I don't know what it would have, it wouldn't have been great. (laughs) I'll just leave it at that. So yeah. When, and when you talk about this and, you know, balancing what, like, what does that mean? And like, how do you work with clients on this? Because, you know, I'm hearing you, I'm hearing Laurel, like Laurel has her journey. You have your journey. I have my journey. And you know, something I think a lot about with women is like our energy varies throughout the cycle. And yet we're still on this, like I would, Laurel tells me all the terms, was it circadian rhythm, like work schedule, like eight to five. And yeah, very like masculine driven where it's like, yeah. Yeah. And so like, what do you like, you know, how do you, I guess like, how do your clients find you? Is it people like Laurel Googling who like, I'm at, like, I need help. And then it's like, striking like what balance means to them like what does this process look like um I think most people have found me either through Instagram referrals from clients that I've had um YouTube and they're usually finding ways to gain more energy and fix their mood because they're recognizing this is impacting me in my day-to-day whether they're waking up in the morning and they're like I'm drained and I have to like pull myself out of bed. I'm, I'm falling asleep in meetings, even though I'm awake, but I'm not fully present. Um, I'm biting my partner's head off every time before my period, like kind of recognizing I, there's so, I need to get out of this. I just don't know what to do. Um, so before we even start our cycle work, um, I really like to talk to women about their stress levels because usually we're overscheduled. Um, as women, we don't really question when a meeting pops up on our calendar, we'll just have it. So really helping women even understand what they need to do versus what they feel like they should do. Like they're very different things. And then as we start talking about their cycle, I actually help them rearrange their, their fitness. There's certain parts of the day that are better for exercise for us um, in terms of like cardio and some of the other um, exercise we might do, partnering it with the cycle phases so that you know, she can be able to still work. Like it, I, I really wanted to find a way where I could still do my life because life around you isn't going to stop, but you can change how you respond to it. So, you know, if you're working eight to five, totally, like totally fine. Most people are, but how can we still be women showing up in these roles, but we are still taken care of and, you know, to, to work through that is hard because it's not always going to be perfect because we can't control when you might need to be in a meeting or when you might need to have a busy season at work, but we can control how we strengthen our insides. And I feel like I do a lot of work beyond just our cycle. Like a cycle is a tool of how to navigate the world as women. Um, one of the big things I help women with a lot is adrenal fatigue. Um, and our adrenal glands, that was the first thing that I focused on the most in terms of hormone balancing was actually my adrenal glands before tackling our cycle. Because the research is 80% of people in America, men and women, are suffering from adrenal fatigue. 
and our adrenal glands are very deeply connected to our brain. Um, our brain, if you open up email and you're stressed about opening up your email or you're stressed about going into a work you, uh, meeting because you feel anxious, it sends the message to your adrenal glands to produce more stress hormones, which will, will actually make you feel mentally, emotionally, physically more stressed out than you actually are. So I kept thinking, okay, if I can calm down my adrenal glands, I can actually calm down my stress and my physical response to stress. Um, the adrenal glands also regulate 50 hormones in the body. So I was like, okay, if we can tackle the adrenal glands and we're feeling calmer, they're feeling more balanced, you know, they are dictated from our sleep, they're dictated from our workouts, they're dictated by our mental thoughts, they're dictated by so many things, I can actually balance things out even more. So there's definitely layers that I help women work through. Adrenal fatigue is one, gut health is another, and their cycle is the third main factor. Mm -hmm. um, but everything compounds on top of each other. So it's not like you can just focus on one area and, and expect success. Like you have to really approach the body as like a whole working mechanism, um, which thankfully the people that I connect with are very high performing. So they're like, let's do it. Like they're really all about the all over approach versus if someone's gonna look for a quick fix, we're probably not gonna be the best to work together because that's not how a woman's body is even set up. Like a man's body is set up to have their hormones reset at the end of every single day, which is the more of the circadian rhythm, which is more as how society has geared towards. And, you know, I definitely found myself trying to be at that level all the time without understanding that a woman, it takes her between 21 and 35 days for her hormones to reset. So she has to go through four different phases every single month for her hormones to reset but each woman is then on a different cycle length. So like my cycle was 28, 29 days. Um, some other women might be 26, some might be at 34. Someone who is abnormal might be at 43. My cycle actually used to be 43 days before I started cycle thinking. So it actually wasn't as regular as it was supposed to be. Um, so it's just fascinating to even understand our differences. And as women, I think we need to celebrate them and lean into them versus wish them away, which is, I don't want to say we're taught that. It's just some subliminal message that I think we're picked up on that we don't actually appreciate our femininity as much as we should. Yes. And I have a, I have a practical real world example of how um, cycle syncing worked for me. And it started with uh, just jumping right in. You said that you work with high performing women who are open and willing and obviously yes. that's like step one is to be willing and able and open and wanting to do it and i um ha i'm working on a project where the rest of the executive team are all men and they're 20 to 30 years older than me mm -hmm. and they've been around the block i know um each of their personalities and i found out that the ceo is very health conscious he will go do cleanses in australia and and he's a triathlete and his wife is a triathlete and they're just high performing athletes, very competitive. So I said, okay, I think I feel comfortable telling him about the infradian rhythm and the circadian mm -hmm. rhythm. And I just went to him and I was like, okay, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and let you know that I learned something new and I think it's really gonna help our performance. Men are on the circadian 24 hour clock. Women are the infradian 28 day-ish clock. Right four phases in the cycle, I've learned to optimize my wellness, my health, and to show up at work and crush it, is that some days I'm not going to be here at 7 a.m. 
because I'm going to need to sleep in longer. Some days I'm going to be at our gym at 5 a.m. Some days I'm going to be at the gym at 10 p.m. Some days I will be walking, not doing high intensity interval training. Mm -hmm. Some days, some weeks, like in my ovulation, I just straight up said it, you know, which is kind of hard to say. I was like, in my ovulation phase, send me on stakeholder engagement, put me on the stage, get me to talk to people because that's where I shine. And then when I go into like my, you know, um, menstrual, my menstrual period and kind of my follicular phase too, that's when I really want to be at the desk doing work. Mm -hmm. And it blew their minds. They were both like, this is great. You know, we've got, we're doing this capital raise. We've got these people coming in. Um, you know, you're a key point because you're, you're responsible for permitting and you got to talk and do this dog and pony show. What's the best time for you to engage? And I was like, this is everything I ever wanted. And if every company could ask those questions, I don't think a lot of people can, but no, no. But I think we are also helping change the culture, like more women understanding this and showing up at work and being open to talk about it is part of it. And these um, men are stoked. They're stoked because love it. He, yeah. he immediately said, you have to tell my wife this because she's training for a triathlon and she's exhausted. She's burnt out. She hit a wall. Yeah. And I was like, mm, and I told her all the things and it, it's changed her life too. So. Yeah. It, oh, I love that. Yeah. I just, but yeah, keep talking about it too. And like welcoming them into the conversation because men are so into it. They want to know how to support women. Um, And like, we have to, what I learned with, you know, even talking to my husband about it was I had to, I couldn't show up and just wish that he knew. I couldn't put it on him that I just want him to know. And I don't want to have the conversation with him because that's, they're not mind readers. I'm not a mind reader when he's going through something like I need to hear it. Same thing. Like we need to tell them. And then you notice once you vocalize and you show up and you're just like, Hey, here's how I'm feeling. And you really had an authentic, genuine conversation. It is mirrored back to you. And if someone does, there's certainly like a fear that women have, like, what if people don't understand, then it's like, and even when I was practicing this, I did this for the, um, my last year in corporate, I actually practiced all of this. And I never went into work saying I'm having my period. I can't do this because I'm not going to, even I worked with all women. I was one of the youngest women on the team. Most of them were baby boomer generation. So like they had stopped having a cycle for a while and I never went in saying I'm feeling this way. I would just look at my calendar and I would start, if someone wanted to do a meeting, I would look at my calendar be like, where am I on my cycle? And then if I realized I'm not going to be performing at my best, I'm not going to be as creative. I would just say, Hey, can we push it to next week? And I would just give an alternative time because no one questions when you're busy. So we can actually use that culture as women to our advantage instead of feeling like, oh, they want a meeting. I have to do it as soon as possible. It's like, no, I've got, you know, I've got a lot of projects going on. I absolutely want to talk to you. Um, You know, let's do it next week. And then in the meantime, I can send you an email with some, some points. Cause then at least if you're caving inward at a time in your cycle where you're just like, I just can't communicate, you might be able to put an email together better than having that meeting. And it just kind of gives everybody what they need. Um, so it becomes a new balancing act. And, and I think that you also don't really have to explain yourself. Um, mm-hmm. like just saying, Hey, this date works better for me. Does this work for you is enough. Correct. Like that's plenty. And one tool that helped um, me with a stellar co is I, in my outlook calendar, I would put the phases, not block out the time, obviously, yes. but have, have the open phases 
follicular, luteal, ovulation, menstrual, and I'd have them all laid out so that I could know that when I needed to do a big presentation or engagement, it would be when I feel awesome and wanting to do that. And of course, there's going to be times where I'm going to need to quote unquote, be on stage and performing when I'm not in the optimal state of being that's life. We make those sacrifices, but intentionally knowing that Laurel, it's okay. You are producing eggs right now. (laughs) Your body is like not gonna, it's not in the highest state of high functioning performance. It's okay. Just knowing that takes the anxiety and the stress level and knowing that it's good enough to show up. Like me showing up is plenty. Right. Well, and what's interesting too, and I've, you know, thankfully I've had enough conversations with women now to be able to see their transformation is, so I no longer get PMS anymore. So not only was I able to get rid of PMDD, which is a more intense version of PMS, I got rid of PMS entirely, which people don't believe, (laughs) but because there's like the stat is about 90% of women deal with some form of PMS, which means that 90% of women are not functioning at their highest capacity. Um, So was able, I used to feel really tired during my period and I actually haven't had a cycle for a while because I was pregnant and I'm now breastfeeding. So I actually am not getting my period right now. Um, But when I was having my period, I actually had crazy high energy, which I found fascinating. Like at first I was like, is something wrong? Because it was as, as if I felt like I was ovulating. So as you work on balancing your body and as you start putting all this into practice, you actually will notice your energy increases even at times of the month that you might be, you used to feel tired because that was 100% not my normal. I used to call out of work for a day or two, the first few days of my period, because I just like couldn't handle life. So I would be able to go on like a long endurance run and like crush it. Like even physically, I noticed my body was up, like working at a much higher level. So even as you're working on balancing your body, you can actually perform at a time where you might not have been able to before. So it's, it's a really fascinating of how even just strengthening our insides can impact our performance at work and in our workouts. Um, That's balance, right? Right. To, to me, balance is like, um, well, be- before I was doing cycle syncing, I would be super on point, high energy, high performing for a good chunk of the month. And when I say month, it's not like June 1st to the end of the month. I'm that's my cycle. And I think that was another misconception that blew my mind is that the first day of your period is not day one of your cycle. No, it is. It's the, it's the end, isn't it? No, the day one of your cycle is a day your period begins. So I, in the, in the flow book that Alyssa mm-hmm. teaches day one of your period is the end of your cycle because the menstrual is the last. So it goes follicular, luteal, ovulation, menstruation, right? Hmm, Because I read a different book of hers that said like the opposite and other books that I've read. So it could be contradicting information, but other books I've read is day one of your, the day one, first day of your cycle is the day period begins. Right. Interesting. So yeah, I think I'm with Laurel, but it might depend too on like what goals you're trying to achieve. Like for example, if it's, um, you know, if you're balancing energy or if you're trying to get pregnant or if you're on birth control or, you know, natural family planning, that might be part of the vernacular as how people talk about it. Cause I think I've read what Laurel, like, or at least assumed what Laurel said. And, and as you're, you know, like Laurel, what you were just saying too, it's like, this is about balance. Like this is, 
everything I'm hearing too, it's like about really managing our energy. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, like you said, it's like men, women don't be afraid to talk to it to men. Men don't be afraid to ask. And even if you don't want to ask, because I'm thinking, you know, we're all in the position where we are in a position in our careers where we have more control of our schedule. We can feel comfortable speaking up for ourselves and other people maybe um, earlier career, more traditional corporate environment as you picture it may not be able to see that. And so, or say that I would say. And so I think, you know, men at least being aware, like if a woman comes in and she is cranky, not her best and she's fine in a few days, like just be aware of that and just like let her have her space right? and do a check-in like employee engagement check-in. It doesn't have to be like, are you, where are you at in your cycle? You know, correct. Like yeah. That could be not a comfortable Not every woman's going to be open to that conversation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so if they have fostered an environment where you're checking in with your employees and as we're talking about this too, I'm thinking with certain companies, your goals should be set on like a monthly or quarterly basis, as opposed to some places that are like daily or weekly, because that's not really fair to women and their energy levels where they might be low. And ideally everyone's balanced and optim or right. after, oh my gosh, operating at optimal performance, but it's just not going to be the case for everybody. And so giving it, you know, we talk about equality, like this is all part of it and mm-hmm. giving a level playing field. Well, and so Jess, I know you didn't know too much about cycle syncing coming into this conversation. Like, how are you feeling listening to it? And is there anything? Um, that- I do know. I am, uh, I've just had a much, we need another podcast for me to talk about this, but um, very short is I have PCOS. So I have, it's like a hormonal imbalance, like mm-hmm. medical diagnosis, and it's actually based on insulin resistance. Yep. And that's a whole thing. And I think I wasn't diagnosed with it until I was 27 or 28. But one of the first signs I had of it, I was 16 and I was in high school and I got my period so bad that I was in the nurse's office, like crying, vomiting. Mm-hmm. Um, the school nurse drove me to the ER. And by the time I got there, it was totally fine. Totally fine. And they're like, oh, you probably had a cyst pop or something. And so I got on birth control, which helped me immensely mm-hmm. because until that I had a few other instances, I had a teacher come look at me and she's like, you look like you're going to throw up. And I'm like, she's like, you need, she's like, why don't you just leave? And I remember like vividly driving home, speeding. I pass a cop who like motions his hand for me to slow down. I, I get home, throw up. I feel fine. Um, and anyway, birth control helped a lot. But I was on one that gave me these mood swings that I didn't realize were mood swings until I was off of it. Correct. Yeah, same here. And yeah. yeah. And then I was like, and some doctors I talked to, they're like, why are you on that? It makes people crazy. I'm like, why didn't anybody tell me this? Why did you put me on it in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> and a whole other was, conversation. Yeah. That's what I, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And then I got full on burnout where, I mean, I assume it was burnout where my, um, I think my stress levels were same thing, you know, but I was doing everything so unhealthy. I wasn't sleeping. I was like starting at like seven or 8 AM going till 10 PM every single day. Not only, not just working, but like socializing, drinking, yeah. not eating all day, then binging yeah. a pizza the next day to, because I earned my calories and right. just living a very unhealthy lifestyle, but I, which I had done for so long that I didn't realize it was going to get a point where I couldn't right. do it. And I got mono, um, when I was 34 and that was like my burnout moment. Um, and anyway, cause it's been a whole thing since then I've tried, I mean, maybe not, um, cycle syncing in a, 
I like, I don't know if I'm, when I'm saying it, it's the same as you. And I, I was on it, like actually for six months, I was like pretty good. And, and I've been, I was noticing it more, being more aware of like my energy levels throughout mm-hmm. it. And if I wanted a nap, I yeah. just took a nap and yeah. I just kind of embraced that. And so, um, but then my PCOS symptoms kicked in again. Um, so I got on medicine for that, but yeah. anyway, so I'm, I'm like all over the place and I've tried for years to do stuff. And at this point I'm like, I'm the person who's like Western medicine, take a pill. I'm good. I feel yeah. great. Well, I think it can help. <laughs> like I'm not against birth control or medication if women find that they need it. Cause some women, depending on what their bodies are at, do, do feel better on it. And like, I think every woman has the right to choose. So it's like, it really is. How do you feel? And I think you nailed it on the head too, of really being aware of your energy levels and because that's how it becomes intuitive. Um, I know a lot of health coaches will test hormones. And I remember thinking, I was like, I actually don't want to test hormones for women. And I want to read labs. I actually want to teach women how to emotionally feel in their body because it's not realistic for me to get my hormones tested every single month. Like, how can I, how well, am I going to do my life? My thing too is I wasn't feeling well and my hormones tested fine. Other Same than here. Yeah, the, mine were other perfect. Than the ones, yeah, yeah, other than the ones that for PCOS, which we already knew about. So that wasn't a surprise, but- right. But I'm like, I don't feel well. Correct. <laughs> this yeah. <isn't> normal. <laughs> I actually would, I'll get my labs done with a physician and I actually now partner with a naturopath who reads it a bit deeper and she's able to been able to give me insight because Western medicine, they test for disease range, but you can still be showcasing a lot of symptoms and not feel well if you're, it's called like subclinical, which means that you're like below the disease range, but still not essentially where you are optimally for your levels, which it's actually really helpful. So I can go in and get my like blood work done when and if I need it. And then I just send the results to my naturopath and I'm like, tell me what, you know, your thoughts are, which helped a lot when, during pregnancy, to be completely honest. So, um, well, I think too, or sorry not to cut you off, but as you're talking about this, like I've done both. I've done labs with a naturopath and labs with a physician and same thing. It was just the markers for PCOS that came back. Um, but, oh my gosh, I totally lost my train of thought on what I was just going to say. Um, shoot. It'll come back to Sorry. you. I know. Not- I felt like it was very relevant that I had to yeah. speak up right now to say it. But, um, oh, I know what I was going to say is that this, I think, comes back when you're talking about like the subclinical range. Is that for me, like, I'm a very sensitive person to mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, except feelings, yeah. but like <laughs> caffeine. And, yeah. you know, my friends and I like, they make fun of me because I'm like such a lightweight with caffeine. And so, you know, with these like ranges that are clinical and subclinical, like it might be too high for me, Correct. but right. But not on a, like an average spectrum. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean anything. So I didn't think about that until you were pointing that out. And I'm like, oh, maybe that's, well, and I that's what I think like, it comes back to. It's like intuitive, you correct, know, at the end of the day, yeah. it's like, you know, you don't feel well. Correct. And I think what I try to do is help every woman understand their own body um, because what worked for me might not work for them. We have very different body chemistries and just intuitively being able to know how you feel um, is like, and like cycle thinking is then a tool on how women can do that and how men can also be understanding as well. Um, So I love that you said that, like just even understanding your energy. um, Feeling wise, I feel like, you know, we tune down our emotions because on some level as women, we're taught we don't have a right to have them. Like we're being too emotional or we're too bossy or we're too something. And it's like, even hormonally, like we're actually more easygoing during our ovulation phase. So during our menstrual, 
our hormones like estrogen actually peels back and estrogen um, when you're ovulating actually makes you very charismatic, very charming, very easy breezy. When estrogen is taken away and you're in your menstrual, people might not, you then are like hyper-focused on what isn't working for you and you care less about communicating that need. And people are just like, whoa, oh my gosh, what's going on with you? You're having a mood today. And so Tyler and I would actually have these conversations um, and we would practice this. It was very much a practice in our relationship. And I would just be like, look, I'm articulating what I need. I understand that my communication might be a little bit more forward and I'm a little bit more blunt that you're used to, but I'm expressing a need and what I, you know, it might, maybe it was space. Maybe it was like on the weekend we might've overplanned our schedule and I just like couldn't handle it. I used to literally not be able to handle too many social events when I was like really trying to work on my health. And, um, it was just like, just because I am feeling this way doesn't mean that I'm wrong in my communication. It doesn't mean that I'm wrong for expressing this to you. It also is coming forward because all month long, it hasn't bothered me. And I'm articulating now that it is. And now we can have an open, honest conversation about it. Um, I've gotten really good in the heat of a moment with arguments of how to talk through more constructively versus, I don't want to say word vomiting on others, because that's what it kind of felt like when you're really deep in a mood and you're just so tired and you're like, I just can't form thoughts. Um, so it really teaches you how to even be constructive in your communication when you're at a low point and how to tell people around you either what's bothering you and speaking up. Because I feel like as women, we can't tune down our emotions. Like we have to be speaking. We have to get it off our chest. Because the more we sh throw it under the rug, we all know what's going to happen. It's going to blow up at some point. <laughs> yeah. And I that was a symptom that I had um, before I started cycle syncing was I thought that there was like two phases. When you have your period and when you don't. And so when I don't have my period, if I am not the best at work and crushing it and doing everything, then something's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. So I would um, try to be like a man and wake up at the same time every day, eat the yeah. same food, exercise at the same time, do the same daily habits and the daily routine. And when it wasn't working with me, when I didn't feel good, when I'd finally get up from my hit workout or whatever it was, yeah. if it didn't feel good, I'd be like, God, see, I'm not a good entrepreneur. See, right. it's just, something's wrong I'm with me. Not a good executive. I I right. can't. And I would be really mean to myself. And then when I before I would get my period, I would be mean to my husband. Right. Because I'm like, you have to get it off of yourself, and it's like it overflows onto the people around you. Yeah. Um, well, it's I funny that you. I was really. Um, I was really mad at myself that I wasn't performing at the level I thought I should be. And I put that on my husband right. when I'm on my period and I can't do anything. I'm like, why aren't you doing better? Like, why aren't you, <laughs> you know? And it all of a sudden became like his problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and it was just a nightmare. And what helped, what helped with cycle syncing is I wanted to bring it back to um, like the hormone testing mm -hmm. and everything like that. I brought on a concierge medical doctor, Dr. Ben, who we've interviewed on Orion before um, because I climbed a mountain with my girlfriends, we're the same age, the same fitness level, and I hated it. It was a nightmare and I'm a competitive person. I was like, something's wrong with me. If I'm not enjoying climbing this mountain, something is wrong with me. So I went to Dr. Ben, we did a bunch of tests and everything. And it turns out that my thyroid was really sluggish. My adrenals mm -hmm. were like pedal to the metal, almost mm -hmm. at burnout, like yeah. almost to the point where I couldn't sleep, but yeah. needed to sleep. Correct. And 
the first thing that we did was embody, like get into my body instead of drinking a bunch of alcohol to calm down, instead of drinking a bunch of caffeine to wake me up. Which is very common. Yeah. And I would just eat a bunch of sugar. Yes. So alcohol and caffeine and sugar like made my whole body inflamed. Yeah. And so I really didn't have feelings. And it makes you agitated. Like it just, it I agitates everything. I, yeah. I thought I was being normal. Like my, right. my overweight, puffy, angry, alcohol, sugar, sweet tooth, caffeinated self mm-hmm. was, was good. And then when I, when I worked with him to get rid of alcohol, get rid of caffeine and get rid of sugar and get my yeast in my gut sort, mm-hmm. sorted out and balanced, I could feel feelings like my physical, I could feel my collarbone. I could feel um, things come on. And that was the, a key tool in the cycle syncing process was going sort out your stress levels. Yeah. Sort out when you're working out, sort out what kinds of foods that you're eating every phase, not just period or not period. Correct. Right. So I think that's a thing too. Women will think, um, they'll try and like spot treat their cycle. So they're like, okay, I'm not feeling good during my period. That's the week they'll show up and take care of themselves. And it's like, you're actually feeling that way during your period because of how you treat yourself all month long. So there's like a mental, like, oh, I hate that because I just want to be able to live my life. So it's really just finding how can I find this balance? How can I drink when I want to be able to have a cocktail how can I have sugar and not feel the same impact? So it really becomes this balancing act, but it's very individual for each woman of what her threshold is. So just I'm like you, I have very um, sensitive blood sugar. Um, I'm not diagnosed with PCOS. I haven't had like ovarian cysts or anything like that. I would say I probably was more characterized as adrenal PCOS, where your adrenal glands are actually producing too many hormones and are too stressed out. Um, but blood sugar I've noticed has been like super unstable. So I actually like rarely eat sugar. I'm super careful on when I'll have alcohol. I'm a, um, very moderate caffeine drinker. Cause just like you, I'm like, some people are just more sensitive to it. So everything you were saying where your body's like sensitive, I feel you, I am right there with you, but there's a part of you that gets angry about it. Cause you're just like, but I just want to be like everybody else. Everybody else seems to be able to go out and do all these things and feel fine. And like, the thing is they're actually not feeling fine. They're thinking like we were like, oh yeah, I'm fine. I'm like coping and I'm doing just fine with life, but their bodies actually are mad at them. Um, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're stressed. I think that tr- all the time. Yeah. I just, and because like, we I only see that side of it. We only, right. we only see like the fun, happy hour side or the caffeinated meeting side. Like, Correct. and I think about that all the time. Cause I still, I love caffeine. I love yeah. coffee. Yeah. I have to be fair. I'm drinking one right now. So I had to admit that, but, um, but, and it's okay. I don't drink it every day. Right. It's and just if I threatened. like, I'll definitely get to, well, I get to a point where I notice that I'm like getting to that level of like jitteriness, like kind of what Laurel's saying is like, I'm physically tired, but I'm not like, there's something that's off and I'm like, okay, maybe let's cut out caffeine for a few days. Right. I also love wine. I'm like the, yeah, everything absolutely. you just laid off. I was like, these are all the things I love in life. I love wine. I right. love coffee. I love sweet treats. I'm like, no wonder. <laughs> but it's also like you can still have them, but I like, I'll cycle sync everything. So I actually partner alcohol to the parts of the month where my hormone levels will be the lowest, which would be after your period ends. And that for me, is just a time where I can tell that my body processes it better versus if I'm ovulating when our hormones are high, or if I'm during my period when my mood might be lower, I actually avoid it during those times. And I have to tell myself, this is not good for you you don't feel that great. And like, it's okay. 
And like each woman is going to be different. So like, it's just fascinating of how, you know, it's stink. I do understand that it completely stinks that women have to think in these terms where men might not have to, right? Like it's just, we, even in some way on our cycle thinking journey, we'll still be like, man, I just wish I didn't actually have to do this. Like it is a next level project that you have to like take yourself under. And even when I was cycle thinking and understanding our energy, I, the, the ovulation energy where energy is really high is like the holy grail of energy. And I just, I always wanted to be at that point. And it wasn't until I had to really accept and understand you're not actually meant to, because there are other parts of our sides as women that were actually meant to learn and like adapt with that we aren't taught and we're taught is wrong. Um, so like during our period, we're meant to be very ref like reflection based. We're meant to turn inward and really ask yourself the hard questions of what isn't working for me that I can start changing? What relationships are serving me or not serving me? Like it's actually a time of the month that's built in that we can take stock of our life and actually clear things out that don't serve us or don't, aren't doing us any good, but we're not taught to actually like do that. And I started noticing like even taking the, my period to like dive into these hard questions or have these deep feels, you know, more like spiritual times with myself where I wasn't necessarily around people or taking a break from social media or putting, you know, do not disturb on my calendar was very freeing because you actually get to tune into yourself, which so many of us are, we don't want to because we're scared of what's going to come up. Um, Cause it like, is scary. I think, yeah. Well, I think, yeah. Self-reflection. Yeah. Very um, scary. It's is like what you were saying. It, it like, there's like the two sides of this coin where it sucks that we have to do this and we have to think about it. And it's like another thing yes. that is women we have to do. But on the flip side is like what Laurel was saying earlier. It's like the superpower because we actually get that peak performance and we can get to that. And then we have like our recharge time. Whereas mm -hmm. men, they're just, they're, you're, you're never going to get any better. Right. Just kidding, well, they, just have, kidding. they have like different times of the day. So like, I've actually talked with my husband about this and he's like, oh, he's like, I have different parts of the day where I can tell I might be more tired or I might be more creative. And he's like, oh, I just, you know, manage my work projects around that. And I'm like, man, like what a great thing to just be able to do that once a day versus like every single week you have to like kind of shift. And so when you're first starting out, I, it's hard. I had a very hard time with it. It took me like 18 months to like really feel at ease with it. But I was also, no one was walking me through it. I didn't know what to look for. I was very like self-taught, um, balancing my hormones, you know, just trying to understand all the things that I was testing out a lot of things. So it takes longer. Um, but when you do turn into your body and start really flowing with your energy and your mood and like giving yourself permission to just like feel into yourself and let go of expectations externally, it makes you you just own yourself so much more. You own your femininity. You are so much more creative and productive at work. Your fitness improves. Like everything just feels like you're living life on such a higher playing field, which Laurel, I think you might be able to talk about too, now that you've been cycle syncing for a while, that you just feel, you're just different. Ex expansion is a word, like constant growth, evolution, expansion, change. Uh, it's very freeing and liberating it's attracted, like it's, it's kind of what Gabby says where it's do less, attract more mm -hmm. and, and being confident to say like, I do give my best, like my baseline operating mm -hmm. performance level is, is higher energy and frequency and production than a lot of people. 
And so they're not going to know if I'm like, if I'm calming down and going inward, they can't yeah. really tell to me. I'm like, God, I'm so cocoony. I'm not, Correct. I'm not social at all. They can't tell like right. no, no one can tell. And with that, I just, I know we have a hard stop and I'm just wondering, Laura, do you have time for our three point landing, three key takeaways? Yes. So what was coming up for me as we were talking is um, I teach women a push pull method with their cycle. So for two weeks, during your, like, so after your period and as you're going into ovulation, you're going to give it your all to your external world. You're going to push, you're going to go balls to the wall in your workouts. You're going to maybe treat yourself with your food. You're going to crush it at work. And then the week before and during your period, you're going to start pulling back and you're going to give to yourself. And when we can, that's like kind of the balance, right? So for two weeks, you're crushing it, pushing forward externally. Two weeks, you're crushing it internally and you're just kind of scaling back. Um, so that's one takeaway is just understanding how we can be kind of more free flowing with our energy, how we can find balance within ourselves, but still be able to move the projects forward and be able to do what we want to accomplish. Um, the second is, I think Jess's point nails it, understanding your energy levels. So you feel like taking a nap, let yourself take a nap. That's your body telling you, you just need to kind of unwind take that nap. Um, if you're not feeling as social, don't feel bad about pushing a meeting or telling a friend like, Hey, I just can't do it tonight. Or instead of going out, like we had talked about, can we just stay in and watch a movie and chill? Like really flowing with your energy is going to actually help you so much in balancing your body. Um, and I think the third one is just giving yourself permission to like be open to learn and grow because this could be very new for a lot of people listening. If you're a man, like encourage the women in your life to just learn about it and learn about it with them and be open to having these conversations. Because I think in order to change the culture at work and at our, in our homes, women have to drive it. We have to be the ones who understand to be able to articulate it to the, the people around us. But men also need to understand so that they can give us the support that we need at work and at home because we are different. And I, you know, celebrating these differences is going to help what changes her culture and people just feeling more balanced and happy day to day, which, you know, is what we all want. So more smiling faces. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Thank we you. could go on and on and on. All right, send it, Jessa. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Orion Podcast. If you're looking for a thoughtful gift for yourself or others, shop ethical jewelry with a story at article22.com. Enjoy 10% off qualifying purchases with promo code ORION10. That's www.article22.com and code ORION10. Enjoy! Enjoy!